You're listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 27. I'm going to be talking about how to write church emails that get open. Let's do it. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you master church communications and social media. These are practical solutions from the trenches that any church can use. Now, let's join your host, Seth Muse, who once had a dream about animals. Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome back to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. I'm Seth, your host, and this is episode 27. If you want to get the show notes for today, and I'm going to put a couple links in there, especially my email checklist that you are definitely going to want to go grab. You can find that at sethmuse.com slash 27 and get this email checklist I'm going to talk about here in a second, because today we're talking about one of my favorite subjects to get crazy about, and that is email marketing in the church. Now, a lot of times I know in the church, We don't want to call it marketing. Let's get over that. Now we're over it. Let's move on because what we're essentially doing is we're trying to communicate a message to our people in a relevant way. We basically just want to get them to engage and understand and care about what we're talking about. Whatever it's events going on or whatever uh, mission initiative you have going or if you're, you're trying to push for giving or you're doing a capital campaign, which by the way, if you want to know how to keep vision out front, go back next, to last week's podcast and listen, I have Adam McLaughlin and his pastor Ryan Deaton from Florida come on and talk about how they have kept vision out front, communicated well through a whole renovation project. It was crazy. And in fact, Adam had some really terrible musical uh, recommendations that you can go back and check out those show notes and, and see what I'm talking about there. So uh, all in good fun, of course, he, he wasn't serious, but it was a epic Okay, I can't say anymore. You just got to go see it. Go to back. And those, those show notes are uh, sethmuse.com slash 26. <clears throat> so uh, I just wanted you to know that that is uh, an incredible episode. So check that out. Now today for email, I love email. You know, but every single day I've, I, I'm part of so many different email lists and I, I will file 13 emails like crazy and eventually unsubscribe from some emails because I hate them. And, and I'm going to tell you why I hate them and why your people are not opening your emails in a second. But there are a bunch of email uh, lists that I'm a part of that I love and I open every day. Um, I, I can't wait to get to some of these email lists. Like I get a bunch of these marketing emails because I care about that. But ha- that's the that's the catch. I care about it. I get the one from Brady Shear. I open that and I read it. I get the one from uh, The Hustle. I read that almost every day. I love The Hustle, um, which is about stuff I don't even really care about, but I just love Love the way the hustle writes. It's awesome and uh, and and so so fun to read. Email is is one of those 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 tools that I think as a church we think okay email is dead because there's so many of these uh, so many other channels so many other ways to communicate with our people like social and texting and these new texting apps and uh, a lot of these. Uh, specialized apps and and planning center and and all these other ways you can communicate with your people. But it turns out email is still pretty great. I mean, you think about it, just think about it. When you wake up in the morning, you open up your email at work. And that's like one of the first things people do is they check their email. Imagine that that's kind of like the old newspaper, right? Dad would sit at the kitchen table. If you remember newspapers, they're these paper things, you fold them and they have news in them. So they deliver them to your house, you open it up and there's stories in there, right? There's all kinds of stuff. There's ads, there's stories, there's, um, there's news, there's sports scores and, and, 
Yeah, that was dorky what I just said. Sports scores. Who says that? We're going to the sports scores uh, section of the paper. So you can look at anything you want, but do you just start at the top of the newspaper and just read straight down and try to read the whole thing? No. People that do that are insane. We call them psychopaths. What we normally do is we go and we fish through the the whole paper and find the stories we want to read, and we read those stories, and we ignore the rest. The inbox is like the newspaper. You're going to wake up in the morning, or your people are going to wake up, they're going to get their email at any time of the day, and they're going to look through their inbox and go, okay, what are the stories of the day? What are the scores for the sportses? What are, what are these things that I have asked to be sent to me? What are these things that are in here that I didn't ask for? And they're going to look through that stuff and they're going to go, what do I want to read? And they're going to pick what they want to read based on what. And if your church's email is one of those, you want them to go, I can't wait to read my church's email. And he, every church sends an email. We all have this dream, but sometimes we get in this mindset that just because they've asked for it to be sent to them, they've signed up for a list or they said, put me on the list or whatever, and we're sending it to them, that they're going to one, read it. Oh, sorry. One, open it two read it three, remember what they've read and four, not ask you a billion questions that were in the email later that week. You've never been there. I know I'm talking about stuff that you've never heard of. So here's here's what we need to do. We need to find a way to get people to open our emails and read them in a way that makes them want to remember or want to engage with what you've got. Now, the old school method of email is send everything in the email and they'll find what they want. Like the email is the newspaper, but the email is not the newspaper. The email is one of the stories in the newspaper. The inbox is the newspaper. So if you send them a long boring thing of text. It's just like, oh man, they've sent me a newspaper within a newspaper. It's an inception of email and no one wants to read that. So they're not going to read it. They're going to move on. They might find the first paragraph or two, and then they're done with the rest of the email. Now we're going to talk about how to get your emails optimized so that people will open them and read them. Uh, the number one thing you need to think about when you're writing an email is it has to bring value to their life. In other words, and a value could be so many things, right? A value could be, it made me laugh. A value, could, which is my email. My email is really is like, here's my blog and here's some things I'm hoping you'll think are funny. And if you haven't joined my email list, you need to do that. Um, I love my email audience. I, I write specifically for that uh, audience and, it, and it's stuff that you don't see anywhere else. And it, I just have a lot of fun with it. So join my email list. You can do that at sethmuse.com. There's a pop-up somewhere, maybe a sidebar on a blog. Join it. It's MailChimp. And I, I'm able to... <laughs> You don't care if it's MailChimp. It's fun. You'll get a free ebook out of it and a couple other things along the way. So join that. I try to make people laugh and enjoy it because I think that when you open up your inbox and read a story and it makes you smile, that's value. That has brought value to your life. Information isn't always value. That's something we have to understand. It's just because they ask for this email, just because it's an event that they should go to and they know it, doesn't mean that when you talk about it, they're going to give uh, a care at all. They're not going to care unless they're in the mood or in a place where they can care about it. Because think about where they're reading their emails. They're reading it on their phone. And if your email does not uh, respond well to mobile or it's not optimized for mobile. In other words, it resizes text. So it's not microscopic on my phone. Then they're not going to read that. If your email is set up in a way that is ready for mobile, they might read it. Now, if it has information in it, that's good. They might read it. You're just trying to make it likely that they're going to read it. And why would they read your email? 
because it brings value. Information isn't always value. So what value are you bringing to your email audience when you write your church email? Now, I'm not stupid. I know that the reason most people sign up for a church email is because they do want the information. So you do have to give them the information, but how you give them the information is up to you. I mean, sky's the limit. Be creative. Don't get boring because, man, this is important stuff. Becoming part of a church that has great Christ-like community where you can grow spiritually, super important. Connecting with people who are on mission for the gospel, super important. And that's what your church is trying to put out is info about things that help them do that. So take it super seriously when we're allowed in their inbox for a day or a second. And that's why email is so, so important. I saw a stat somewhere. Gosh, I cannot remember where it was. It might have been in a church communications Facebook group or that church community somewhere put it out that email gets 6% more engagement than social media. And, And I would believe that because it gets more, it's directly delivered. Now, it must bring value. Uh, I was going to read one of mine. And so uh, this is the most recent one I sent out. And I was met with a guy named Kevin Fontenot, who is uh, with Church Media Source. And uh, he he does great work for done-for-you graphics and other things. But he's also starting a side of, of, of like marketing, consulting kind of things. He's a professional interneter, he said. Uh, you, I'll put his website in the show notes for you so you can go check that out if you need help. But uh, he gave me a few tips. And man, it's easy when you're talking to somebody else about your own email, about their email. But when you're talking about yours, it's like the blinders are on. So some of these things he told me were really great. And I'm going to tell you what they were, and then we'll translate them for the church. But I'll just read you my email that I wrote this week. And you can see kind of what my email is like. Uh, it's first of all, I used a merge tag. So it has my name cause I get my own emails. I, I put myself on the list so I can always make sure it looks right and everything at, all the way up to the final step. And if you're a, a church marketer and that's what you do is the email, you should put yourself on there too, but don't rely on that for your test phase. We're going to get to all the phases and what makes a good email in a second, but, uh, don't rely on that. You want to check it way before that, but you always want that last look and like, okay, here's what it looks like. Um, it says Seth, that could be your name. If you sign up Seth this week, I wrote a blog with a bunch of ideas, a blog with a bunch of ideas was a hyperlink to my blog for churches to get started with Instagram stories. I threw a few ideas about DMS and live video too. check out this week's blog, but whatever you do, don't click the big red button. And then there's a big red button that says, don't click. Well, that's a link to my blog too. I thought that was clever. Can't do that every week, but that's fun. Now the next, the first story underneath Bold headline, have you heard of Sweet Comfort Band? It was the suggested listening from Adam McLaughlin on last week's podcast, and I swear I've seen one of their album covers airbrushed on the side of a van somewhere. This week, Adam and his pastor Ryan joined the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, that was a link to the show, to talk about how to communicate vision during a capital campaign. They actually made it fun while they renovated, and their budget went up, which is kind of misleading. Their budget didn't go up. Their income came up, went up, so... Uh, you know, can't win them all. Next story. Here's the bold headline. If you hate it when people read your church newsletter, here's what it says. Don't click the links in this paragraph. So there I go again, being ridiculous. It leads to an article with an opt-in for 34 email templates that could get, that's a link to the, to, to the opt-in, that could get your people to actually open, read, and respond to your emails. Yes, that still happens. No, Blackmail is not involved. These are sales emails, but I bet you can get some great ideas for copy that get people to sign up, click here, and join us. 
Third story. Here it is. Headline. You've been shadow banned to fo- to a photo of no- a Nevada desert. And I totally botched that headline. It looks, it did not read like that. <laughs> so you can't win them all, man. Oh, great. So Instagram and Facebook are not only looking for ways to get you to spend money to be seen, but if you find a way to game the system, here's the link. They just make your account take a dirt nap. If you use the same hashtags over and over to be found on Instagram, and you should be, now your really cool food photo will be sleeping with the fishes. These mafia jokes doing anything for you? Have a great week and check out the blog all about using Instagram stories that's linked again to my blog in your church. Seth, quote, armed and ready, end quote, muse. All right, armed and ready is the name of the uh, Sweet Comfort Band song that I, I linked to. It's pretty amazing. So that's my email market marketing. E- that's my marketing email every week. I send an email out just like that. Now, that one was okay, funny, but the structure was what I wanted you to see is like, there were some creative things in there structure wise that get people to click links. And let me tell you, I, I usually have about a 30% open rate with about a six, maybe 5% click through rate. And that's people clicking links in my blog. This email this week, I was at 41% open rates and I was at 10% click throughs. So it obviously helped. And one of the things Kevin told me to do that I want to, translate for you in church is he said, Hey, put the content, your CTA, your call to action, the thing you really want them to do, put that at the top. Because what was happening as you get to the bottom of the email, those links get clicked less interesting. So you mean, as I read through a really long email, nobody's reading that stuff at the bottom. That was about a 300 word email and people aren't getting to the bottom of it. That's important. All right, so I put the most important thing at the top, and it really increased all my rates of of clicks and engagement. So thinking about this for churches, what's that one big thing you really want people to click or go to or do this week in your email? That should be first. That wasn't a big graphic. There wasn't a big heading, and I'll tell you about why in a second, but it was first. And I don't know why I didn't do that, but it totally worked. It was great. It, and I'll be doing that from now on. I've changed my format. I'm also playing around with what day do I send? I'm playing around with what kind of, what length do I put in there? You know, what kind of stuff am I putting in affiliate links or am I putting in just random stuff? What am I doing with my email? Constantly looking at how we can improve. So that was what I write typically. So translating for the church, let's talk about what you can do. Okay, so let's talk about what I would call the three stages of writing your church email that gets opened. Now, we've said before already, people want information so that you've got to give them that. But there are some things that you can do as far as your writing, your formatting, and your finalizing that can make sure your email has the best chance of getting opened. Not everybody is a funny person. Not everybody is a really clever writer. And sometimes we need to play our strength. So whatever your strength is, find out what that is and really play that up in your email. If your email is all about the info, find a way to present your info in a way that's easily digestible. So let's talk about writing, which is the first step 
of writing a church email that gets opened. You've got to focus on the writing. I cannot tell you how many churches are, are focused on so many other things like open rates and all this kind of stuff. And they're actually doing pretty good. The other day I was talking to one of our, um, our departments at, at the church I work at, and they were concerned that their open rates and click-throughs weren't very good. And when I looked at them, it was like 10 to 15% over the, the industry rate of nonprofits, right? So it was like 21% was the, I think in MailChimp is the, um, the industry standard, I think, for how many opens you'll get, the percentage you'll get opens in a nonprofit, and they were like 31. And then your click-throughs were like 2%. I can't remember what it was, but it, theirs were like 4% so or, or 6%. So I was like, you're actually doing really good. But we get hung up on that. And and if we really want to increase that, even though we're doing well, it's usually about some other of these things we're going to talk about. And number one is the writing. The writing is typically... Let's just say it's not Hemingway, okay? So it's hard to do uh, an email anyway. I mean, you're writing an email. You want it to look like it's from someone to you as a, as a user, right? When you write the email, you want them to open it up and go, oh, John from the church is writing me an email. You don't want it to sound like, oh, the church pastor has written me an official letter. I shall go into my study and continue with my correspondence. You know, it's it's not formal. You, you've got to make it something that they'll actually read. So when you're writing, the number one thing you have to work on writing better for churches to be emails to get open is by far the subject line. The subject line is the first thing they're going to read in your email. It's the thing in their inbox that they see. It is the headline of the story that makes them decide if they want to read it or not. And if your if your headline, your subject line is attractive and it thinks about where that reader is already and kind of is is trying to pull them into the email instead of saying church email number 45 that's so boring. I don't care about church email number 45. Church email 45 can 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 shut up because I don't care about what church email number 45 has to say. But if your email says, we had such a great time at the carnival, here's some pictures, you know, or I might care about that. Or And that's not really that good. Write something better. I'm spitballing. But your subject line has got to be attractive. And think about it, uh, the reader in mind. If you go to copyhackers.com, Man, I'm going to have a ton of links in this email, in this uh, podcast show notes. Go to Copy Hackers and search subject line formulas. And man, you will get some great formulas for writing subject lines. And guess what? If you've ever read a blog, they tend to sound the same. Think about writing a blog. If you want people to, and don't do it clickbaity, you know, like 10 reasons you should come to church, you won't believe number four, don't do that. But find some formula. There are some good ones that don't sound like clickbait, that are really great formulas, and they're sales formulas. They are, they're formulas. If you want somebody to read your email, try it. I mean, before we get into all the marketing stuff, if you want someone to re- read your email, give it a shot. Try a couple different ones. And in MailChimp, one of the great things you can do is set up a, what's called an A-B test where you can actually test the subject line. So you send the same email and you pick two different subject lines and see which one people respond to better. And, and it'll give you like four hours. It'll send you send both of those emails out to like half your list. And then whichever one of those does better, it'll send that one to the rest of your list. It's brilliant. And then you can learn from your own testing without too much, you know, getting in the way of, of regular life that, uh, which, what subject lines work and what kind your people are responding to. So test it, do an AB test on church email number 45 and some other like fun sentence, right? 
So you can use merge tags in the email subject line to make it look like um, in MailChimp, it is it is asterisk and then that bar and then F name, which is first name and then bar and then the asterisk again. And it'll put in their first name in the subject line every time for each person that it's going to. And that's if you have first names filled out in your list, which is why it's important to ask at least for first names when you sign people up. So, which is a whole other podcast altogether is how to generate leads and lead magnets and build your list, et cetera, et cetera. I'm assuming you already have a list because you have a church. So make sure that subject line is great. Now write the email with what is in it for them in mind. Think about what's in it for them. Why would they care? What's going because here's the deal. Nobody cares about your event. Nobody cares about your fall festival. Nobody cares about your big event coming up, your big uh, push for giving more money. They don't care about that. What people care about is themselves. That may sound harsh, but it's true. And that is how you get people to open the email is how is this going to help me? Oh, that's how then I'll open it. Think about that and reverse engineer your subject line, reverse engineer what you're writing about. Because even though you've got to get this info out, the way you say it, if you have it that in mind, can help them want to read it. And so you're connecting the dots for them. Make sure it's less than 300 words, maybe 500 words, but 300 is preferable. Short emails get read. Long emails get shred. What? I just came up with that. Somebody tweet that. I'm going to bumper sticker it real quick. I can't even remember what I said. What did I say? Short emails get read. Long emails get shred. Shredded would be actually grammatically correct. I don't know. It's late at night. I'm just, I'm spitballing. All right. So tell them stories, tell them the benefits, tell them why it's important. If you want to promote a, an event coming up, let's say you've got a car show coming up. The worst thing you could do is put in a graphic and say, Hey, the car show is on this date and it's going to be from this time to this time. Here's the money. And here's what it is. Do that on your website. And in the email, tell them about the car show. Why should they care? Why should they come? Our car show is this week. And last year we had 5,000 people show up and we were able to donate over $4,000 to a charity here. And it was amazing. So come and bring 25 canned goods and for admission and And uh, make sure your friends know about it so we can help this worthy cause. I don't need to know there's going to be awesome cars there. There's going to be awesome cars. Put a link to the page on your website from the email that has all the info about the awesome cars. But I don't care about awesome cars. I care about me. And why does that matter to me is because if I go and help a charity, I feel good. I feel like I've done my deed, but it gets me to read it, right? It feels it's, it's preying on the selfishness a little bit, but come on, let's be honest. This is how people work. And as pastors and leaders and communicators, our job is to understand that and utilize it for the greater good. So think about the, the person who's reading. And you've got to write in the voice of the church. So finding out what the voice of the church is, is it playful, is it fun, is it serious, whatever it is, whatever you want it to be. It's basically write stuff in a way that's not going to get you in trouble. (laughs) That's been my MO. Not always going to be able to do it. All right, so that's the writing format. The writing side is important. So now that you've got your email written, let's go to the second step, which is formatting. You've got to format this email so that it is readable. So we've got the link We've got the length taken care of, but have you divided it up even e- easily to read? Meaning, use headings. Use headings in your email. 
uh, if you have Outlook, even you have the ability to select an H2 or a heading two as your your like your, your bold titles. Don't use bold. Don't use underline. Don't and for the love of God, please don't highlight something in yellow that's red text. Oh my Lord! If I see another one of those things, I'm going to vomit all over myself. It's an abomination. Don't do that. If you're doing that. Stop. Stop highlighting stuff and putting it in red text. Don't highlight red text and then underline it. We get it. It's important. Good grief. Okay, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm back. All right, so divide it up properly with H2s. Now, what that means is use headings. And nowadays, the, the stats are in, man. All those graphics that you want to put in to make it look like this really fancy and, and nice looking newsletter, like this big graphic heading and all that, that's out. People don't want that. It immediately screams, this is an organization trying to market to me and people delete it. Start off with just text. Plain text is what people are saying, do. I can't bring myself to do plain text, but what I do in my emails, I don't have a lot of graphics. I don't have a heading. It is just text, especially now it's just text, but um, and I used to have one graphic at the bottom. And I'm not saying you can't use graphics, but you've got to be real careful about them. They've got to be small graphics. They don't eat up your inbox. And they've got to be out of the way and unintrusive. And they've got to help you tell whatever it is that you're trying to do. In fact, I think the best graphic you can use in your email, if you have MailChimp or Constant Contact, AWeber, or uh, one of those other ones, is a button. A button is a great graphic. Make a button that leads to something you want them to do and put one button in the email. And man, I promise they'll click it. So divide it with H2s. And here's what this does is it gives some contrast and some design to the email and makes it easier for the eyes to digest it. So as you're, scan as you're scanning down, think about it. I'm reading this on my phone. So the first thing I'm looking for is I'm going to read this email kind of like a blog. I'm looking for the headings. If it's just one long slew of text, I'm like, wow, that seems like something I could, you know, do without. I'm not going to read that. But if it has headings, then at least I can scan it. So you want to make your email scannable so that people can find the information they want. Now, if it's short, they don't have to look long and they will thank you for it. And here's how they thank you. They might read it and they might click something. So make sure you've got it divided up so you can read it. Have a clear call to action like that button. What do you want them to do? Here's the one big event we're promoting this week. And I recommend having one, really just one. And like, oh, we got these other things going too. Put little links at the bottom, sure, in text, fine. But the button is the one thing. And it needs to apply to the entire church. So do that. Put that big call to action. Make it obvious. Make it big. Um, personalize it as much as you can. Use the merge tags like I talked about in the email. Like John, comma, and you can use that little merge tag so it puts their name. I was thinking about this stuff the other day. It was really great. So make it sound very conversational um, and, and make sure it's personal. Don't overload them with graphics. Uh, prominently place the social media follow buttons. Now, some people like to share their emails on social media. I don't see the point in that. Honestly, I don't come to your social media to read your email. I go to join your email list to read your email and I go to social media for something altogether different. And if I see your email posted constantly on social media, I view that as intrusive and annoying. Like you're spamming me. You're like, dude, I didn't ask for that. If I, if I want that, I'll come get it, but I don't want it here. I'm here for something else. I'm here to find out what's going on in your church. I'm here to find out behind the scenes. I've got other ideas for social. I don't want to see your, your, your MailChimp 
link on, and I know Mailchimp is like you can use us for Facebook ads, but they're trying to make money, man. It's not about what's best for you; it's what's best for them. So you don't have to do that. And if somebody can prove me wrong on that, please email me Seth at SethMuse.com. I'd love to hear it. So. I would not use that. I would not post your email marketing campaigns, even if you're doing like uh, gospel, like like scripture readings every day in your emails, and it's like a devotional. I wouldn't do it. I would post them separately on Facebook or through your social media posting, uh, like Buffer or something like that. I would just make it specific for social media because it just looks lazy. And it drags down all your social media stats and I'm going to get on a tangent and I got to stop. So let's move back to formatting, formatting your email, prominently place social media follow button so they can click it and go and follow your Facebook page or your Twitter account or your Instagram account. And don't forget Instagram. I actually had a, uh, a website theme I was working with the other day that does not have the option to put Instagram in like the social follow section of the theme, right? That has little buttons at the top and all that does it for you, right? It has Facebook and Twitter and even has Google Plus, like anybody's on that, but not Instagram. And I was like, man, you know what tells me when a, when a, when a theme called Church Hope, honestly, is not thinking mobile is when you don't include Instagram because on a phone, I can click it and go to your Instagram and that's where I'm going to follow you. So Put all your social links on there for so people can follow you. And that rant is over too. All right, make sure you provide links to your website too. If you're going to do that, I just highlight the text and make the text a hyperlink. And don't just do one little word. Maybe make a whole sentence a hyperlink. I know that's a little, or a phrase is a little more intrusive, but it, it shows up a little better in the email. And, it, and it's and with a thumb, it's easier to click. That's why I do it. So I've, started, I've stopped doing just like click here. And then you highlight here and make here the link right? No, I, I'll use the whole phrase, click here, or I'll say, click here to find out how you can you know, use Instagram stories for your church. So I'll highlight that whole sentence, or maybe click here to find out how, and I'll click that. It's something that it's easier to click. So once you've got it formatted, now you're ready to move on to what is basically your finalizing stage. When you're finalizing your email, this is where you're basically trying not to look stupid. Because when you send emails out, a lot like the one I just sent out, I had some spelling errors in there. I had some bad uh, grammar in there. Uh, luckily, all the links worked, but, uh, but I tested those. But I missed some of the spelling stuff. When you get in a hurry, you miss that. It's always good to send a test email to yourself and at least one other person. MailChimp has the, op- has the option to do that. I know other um, email providers do too. Just send a test email when you think you're done. And I like to edit in the test email because it, it takes away all those extra things around me. And I'm like, this is what I'd be reading in my, in my inbox. And if it looks ridiculous, then I'm like, okay, starting over. So I can go back and edit for spelling and edit for clarity and edit for, um, you know, length and all those things that you're editing for. And the other person can proofread it too and go, hey, when you said this, it sounded sexual or whatever it would happen in your email. Don't laugh. That's happened. Okay. It's like, oh yeah, that does. I didn't catch that. So make sure you've got other eyes on it. They're going to read it in a way that you haven't been working with. I mean, you have, you've been working with it. They haven't. So it's all brand new. They're going to get a raw response. And a lot of times they're going to catch things. You know, this, this is English 101, right? Get somebody to proofread for you. All right. Also make sure that it is responsive. Like I said earlier, if your email does not look good on mobile first, not desktop first. You might write your email on desktop, but check it on mobile because that's where people are going to read it. 
I, I promise you, even if your congregation is older, they're going to read it on their iPad. They're going to read it on their iPhone or their Samsung phone, uh, whatever phones you got. I don't care. Uh, they're going to read it on a device, a mobile device. They might read it on their desktop. But think about all that it takes to read something on a desktop now. It takes you having to sit down and be still and focus for a while. I mean, if your life is as busy as mine, I don't read a whole lot on my desktop. I read a lot on my phone while I'm, you know, waiting on somebody, while I'm in the doctor's office, or I am, uh, not that I go to the doctor a lot. That sounded morbid. I'm constantly sick, everyone, constantly. I am a sickly person. But, you know, people are reading it out when they're at work. They're reading it out at lunch. They're reading when they're just picking up their kids. They're waiting in line to pick up their kids from school. Uh, you know, it's just think about where they're reading. It. It's mobile first, mobile first. So send that test email, edit for length, edit for all that stuff. And also make sure it is mobile ready. If it's not, you got to design mobile first. Now, check that the preview text is is OK. I just stopped doing preview text because I already have a subject line. I don't really know what the point was. It was just this extra little text that can go into your inbox. It's kind of like the first sentence, almost like a snippet. And uh, those can be great. I'm sure there's great ways to use it. But for me, it just felt like redundant. It was redundantly redundant. So I stopped doing it and took it out. But if you want to check that preview text, it's in that MailChimp. It's like the top left corner. You'll see it on your email. And it shows up in some, uh, some inboxes. I'm not sure if it shows up in Gmail. And that's kind of why, maybe it does. I'm not sure. I I don't really know and I don't really care. So I just stopped doing it altogether and just went with subject line and the, and the from. Because uh, it's from Seth. It's not from the Seminary of Hard Knocks when you get my email. Uh, just like your church should not be from your church, Baptist, your Baptist church or whatever it is, your, your church name. Or not even like uh, your church pastor. Like put in the name of your church and then pastor. Don't do that. Make it personal. So in finalizing, check for broken links. That means in your test email, you click every link and make sure it goes to the right place. Every one of them. Just click it and make sure it works. Go all the way down the email and click every single one of them. It's boring, it's tedious, but it's necessary. Oh my gosh, there's nothing worse than getting like an email sent out. You go, that ah, feel pretty good. And then 10 seconds later, you're getting five or six emails back. Hey, this link's broke. Hey, this link is broke. Hey, this link is broke. It's like a toddler has discovered your worst weakness and, and, and continues to needle you about it over and over and over. It's so bad. You don't want that. So click all those links and make sure they work before you send it out. Also, before you send it out, it might be a good idea that let one of those test emails on down the line when you're kind of done, send yourself another test email and let your boss be one that reads it. Now, if your boss is giving you complete, you know, carte blanche, do whatever you want with this email, maybe you don't need to do that. But if you're in a place where if there's something in your email, you're like, okay, people might not take this right, or I'm not sure if I said this correct, or if I got this information right, send them a test, let your boss look over it and kind of give you the thumbs up. I like to have that approval when uh, I send out communications. In fact, today I sent an email, I was just going to send an inner office email to two of my, our guys about our website. And I was like, okay, I wrote this thing up. Then I sent it to my boss said, what do you think? He had some edits, sent them back. I changed them. And now I'm going to send it to him tomorrow. Right? Why? I can communicate. I'm a communicator and I like to think I'm okay at it, but I like to have the boss's approval. Why? Because I work on the team. And that's one of the things that church communicators have to understand is that we are a cog in the machine. Now, that's not a nice way to say it. We're a part of the team and we play our part. 
but we may not have all the decision-making power and that is okay. You know what? I don't want some of that decision-making power sometimes. Have you seen what those guys go to go through? It's endless meetings, man. I don't want that. Let them do that. And if they, that means you got to send an extra email so you don't have to go to meetings over and over. God bless that person to send them an email every day. Now you got your approval. And then last thing you got to do is schedule that baby for the correct date and time. Schedule it. And why is that important? Because between the time you write it and the time you schedule it, something might change and you want to be able to go back to it. So you don't want to just write it, then send it. Now, if that's the case and you're sending it right away, nothing you can do anyway. But if you've got the ability to schedule it, you might have some time to think about it. But here's the other thing. Schedule it on the correct day. Schedule it at a correct time. And you might want to play with the time because I'm thinking, send it on the hour. This is something Kevin told me too. And I was like, why don't I know this? Send it on the hour because on the hour, instead of at the half hour, there, there are people getting to work. There are people taking a break. You know, it's kind of the, the, it's kind of part of the workplace routine. So if you've got people in the workplace that are getting your email, which you do, then make sure you're sending the email at a time where they're probably going to be taking a break. So I like to send social media stuff out sometimes like right before lunch, because I know people are taking a break at at lunch. And when they're at lunch, what are they going to do? If they haven't been able to check social media all day, they're going to check it then. And if they like my article and they want to read it later, they can mark it or they can read it then. They can find out what's going on at my church. At church, I I send this stuff out at noon uh, so people can see it. But I also have learned through my analytics that a lot of my audience is up at night. Like at nine o'clock at night is the peak hour for my church Facebook audience. Isn't that crazy? So schedule it, schedule your email to go out then at, the, at that time. If, if your MailChimp analytics, look at that. If your Google analytics tell you that, find out when people are interacting with your stuff and play with the time. So you get them when they're actually going to be likely to pay attention. Why is that important? Because at the end of the day, you want them to read your email and that is the name of the game. So do what we've got to do to get our emails read and opened and clicked. Now, let's talk about your list because it is super important to make sure your list is maintained. Just the other day, I went through my list and I said, I want to, I set up this little segment. It's really easy to do. And I said, show me everyone who joined my list before January 1st of this year, 2017, and then show me everyone that joined my list before the first who also hasn't opened the last 20 campaigns. They haven't even opened my last 20 emails I've sent, which got me actually all the way, all the way back into December. And there was about 30 or so people on that list that popped up and I just unsubscribed them all. I just dropped them. And you think, wow, that's kind of okay. We're keeping the list clean. Cause here's the thing. If you're a church that's large and you're paying by email, don't send your emails out to people who don't care. They don't even care enough to open it. That's money wasted. Don't waste money on them. Do not throw the pearls to the pigs, as Jesus would say. So make sure you're keeping your list clean because what you want on your list is you want active and engaged people. That tells the people when they kicked off too, that hey, this is a serious deal. This is valuable. And if I'm not paying attention, then I'm not going to stay on the list. I will be uninformed. Well, Seth, we can't do that. We got to keep them informed. That's not your problem. You've got to train your people to pay attention to the outlets that you're sending information out. I know you're frustrated with the same thing that I get frustrated with. Like, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, we didn't get that email. Yes, you did. You got it, but you didn't read it. Why? Because 
something I probably did. I sent it to you at the wrong time. I didn't write it in a good way, and you didn't want to engage with it. Now, ultimately, yes, that's your fault, but it's really my fault too. So I've got to take my part of that. And what I can do is I can make sure that I am only sending emails to people who are actively and engaged in what's going on in our church. So especially if I'm sending bulk emails, buy the email and paying for it that way, it, it, I just can't justify being a good steward of my budget by sending emails to people that I know are not going to open it. It also communicates to people like, hey, pay attention. So writing these emails is a chore. I know a lot of people who write the email for the church maybe aren't writers. They don't really care for it. They're just kind of throwing in. Some people even send just a PDF version of their bulletin. And if you're doing that, you may as well just not send it. Just don't worry about it because, gosh, that's a, that's a waste. I'm sorry, that's a waste. Find some way to connect with your people. Don't send your blog in your email from your pastor. Don't send slew of text. Don't make your email difficult to read by making the, the colors weird or making the black background black or uh, doing some kind of funky layover. And don't cram all your text together. Space things out. Make the text big and readable and make it short. If you want people to open your emails and read them, you've got to take a little bit of time and look through this. Now, if you want to get this checklist, I kind of went through here today on the email. Uh, oh, on the email. You can find it on the Facebook because I'm, I'm young and cool. So get this checklist at sethmuse.com uh, slash 27. That's the show notes for this show. I'm going to put a link to it there. It's free and you can sign up for my email list for it and uh, you, I'll deliver it straight to your inbox. So you've got this checklist and it's a good place to get started on writing emails for your church that get opened. Because here's the deal. I want you to win on this. I really do. I'm showing you my process. I'm showing I'm pulling back the curtain a little bit because all this stuff I had to dig and learn and I didn't know where to find all this information and I'm still learning so much about it. I'm learning so much about MailChimp and how to use all the tools there and what it's limited by and what it's, what, how powerful it is and all these great things about how to market and how to share information. I'm learning and so are you. And so what I want to do is provide a couple of resources for you so that you can connect your people to the mission of your church on a regular basis, whether you send it every week or whether you send it every month or twice a month, whatever. Make sure that when you do send an email, your people value it. This is the last piece I'll give you. Quick parting shot. If you have several departments that are sending emails every single week, like students, children's, worship team, all church email, maybe even elders, deacons, whatever you've got, you need to coordinate so that all those emails don't hit people's inbox on the same day. Because if they do, you may as well not send them. Because it's overload, people get exhausted, and a lot of times those emails include some of the same information. So you need to coordinate when you're sending what, at least space them out or consolidate some things and get on board with each other in our inter-office communication kind of way and try to get a strategy in place so that you can communicate better with your people. All right. Well, thank you for listening so much. I appreciate it. And next week, I've got a great show. I cannot wait to uh, to put that one out. Next week, Justin Dean will be here and we are talking about how to slay online trolls and other magical beasts. Go check out the show notes for this show at sethmuse.com slash 27. And I will put all these links here for you. 
I love you guys. Thanks for listening. And I hope this has been helpful. Join that email list and we'll connect. Find me on Instagram at the Seminary of Hard Knocks or at Seth Muse. And I would love to connect you with you there. All right. See you.